You know, I've been on this thing of uh, remembering who you are. Remember who you are, Raquel. Um, you guys have know we've been having issues with this house thing. And uh, we were getting our concrete poured, and it just felt like one thing after another. <laughs> and, you know, Chris would kind of come and give me updates. You know, this is going on, this is going on. The truck almost fell over and all this. I was like, I don't even know what to do at this point. Like, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> And it's the second truck. We had six trucks coming. It's the second truck where all the other trucks need to come in through. And I'm like, you just kind of smile and say, hope it works out. <laughs> um, but, you know, our house is empty right now. And I, I walked in. There was one point where I was like walking in the living area. And I was like, God, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I think we should be upset or mad. But what's that going to do? It's not going to move the truck. That's for sure. And it was just a little walking process that I went through with the Lord where he's like, you know, you know that thing, Raquel, you've been talking about, remember who you are? And I was like, oh, yeah. So I started praying. I was like, God, would you do this? And God, would you do that? And he's like, no, remember who you are. And I was like, oh, yeah. All right. Okay, God, you know, I just start speaking. I was kind of timid in my little prayer, and I think I was just done at that point. And it was just a process. He's like, no, no, not remember who you are. It's like, remember who you are. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So I started going through the house. And um, I'm glad that we have a fence in the back and trees because I, w I remembered who I was. <laughs> and I was just praying and proclaiming and just worshiping. <sighs> remembering who I was, remembering what I'm capable of. And, and you guys know I don't mean that in a arrogant way because the truth is that we all have that we all have the ability to remember who we are because we all carry such power and authority to move and change things so I'm still on this journey remembering to remember who I am so I just want to share that with you we did get our driveway done there's a little piece missing but the majority of it is done so that's good um the rain didn't come that's right it was like the last, when the last one got poured, the guys were leaving, it started to drizzle, and Chris and I were like, well, we got to wait here, because what if it rains? But at that point, it was like, what are we going to do if it rains? Hold that piece of cardboard or over that one little section that may get messed up. Um, but it was just sprinkling, and we left, no rain. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you guys for your prayers. Yeah, Chris was telling all the guys, too, that were there. It was like 13, 14 guys there. And uh, he was telling that he was praying for rain. And they were kind of like, you know, like, whatever, whatever. But when they saw, because it, it did get dark for a little bit. I think it did lightning a little bit. But there was no rain. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you guys for your prayers. Um, one thing I did want to mention, too, is you guys showed us a lot of love last week. And I just, I know that cookie jar is uh, supposed to be like when you want a cookie. <laughs> and I haven't read them in depth. I just kind of took them out and glanced at them. And I was like, wow. I need to carve out some time. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to eat all the cookies at one time. <laughs> uh, but just thank you for all your generosity. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for believing in us, Amen. most of all. <laughs> and I'm going to awkwardly hand this over to Chris. <laughs> no. Man, let's give the Lord a hand clap. The... The guys uh, yesterday, they, um, I told them in the beginning, they said, hey, it's going to rain. And I said, no, it's not. 
Ah, mira, mira, look at all the dark clouds over there. One of them goes, ahí viene tormenta. Here comes the, the real bad storm. And I said, no, I got all these people praying. You know, the church, they're all praying for the rain to stay away. I said, I got a friend in uh, California, they're praying. And people in North Texas, they're praying. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I could hear, este está loco. But uh, throughout the day, it would get real dark and it would come over. And I'm standing there and they would, they would kind of tell me, hey, mira. And I went like this. I went. <laughs> and yeah, and it got real close, man. There was some dark, dark, ugly clouds that got real close. And it actually rained in the back of the neighborhood. Or I guess we're, we're in the back. Or no, are we in the, we're in the front. Whatever. On the other end of us, it rained. And then at the main road coming in, it was raining. You know, I don't know if you noticed when you drove by, when you drove out, all that was wet. Like it, it had been raining. So it stayed dry where we were, and uh, that's all because the people of God were calling out uh, for the supernatural uh, to happen. Amen? And uh, uh, they, throughout the day, they would, it started out like, uh, uh, like hey, you know, and, and then it got to where, hey, there's no rain? Hey, no rain? No rain? I was like, yeah. And uh, anyway, it was a really cool... Um, I, I dropped these little seeds here and there, you know. I told them one, we're praying. I didn't go, and you should pray in, as well in Jesus and, and Shandai. And I, I, didn't, I didn't do all that with them, but I would drop these little, these little you know, phrases. Yeah, man, um, you know, it, it's not raining. Uh, man, the people are praying, you know. The, they're, they're praying, no rain. And they were like, oh, yeah. And then it just was, it was a change throughout the day. It was really cool. So, yes, thank you all. Very much, but uh, uh, Lydia, you ready this morning for the kiddos? Yeah, all right, kiddos, are y'all ready for Lydia? <laughs> Stephanie's like, yeah, I got her. I got this. All right, guys, y'all have a good time today and learn learn what Holy Spirit's trying to trying to show. It's a lot of kids, man. It's our future, amen. Yeah. Um, well, uh, this morning, I'm actually not going to dive in real deep um, as far as the Word goes. I, I just want to share a couple of things. I, know, I, I feel like, man, this was a really good encounter, and that's what we came for. Um, uh, so if you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 14. I am... Uh, What am I doing now? I'm trying to live my life with the, the understanding and the acknowledgement around me moment by moment that I am in the supernatural. So I'm trying to key my mind in on the supernatural things uh, that are going on around me. Uh, that's, that's even a wrong, see, I don't have it all the way down because even verbalizing it like that is not correct. I'm not trying to do any of that. I am that you are a supernatural third heaven living citizen living here in the first heaven. Does that make sense? That's who we are. And, and for so many years, the religious mindset, uh, and stupidity, 
um, cause some other pathways of neurological process in my brain. And I need Holy Spirit just to wipe all that junk out like a chalkboard, right? So what do I mean when I say that? Raquel did a great job explaining yesterday, and I, I, I was actually going to go there on a couple of uh, points, um, because uh, what happened was Thursday is when we did the pour the first time, and um, um, the second truck came in, and now before that happened, a month ago, we saw there was a, a gap in the culvert. Some of the stabilized sand had fall, fallen through, and there's a five-inch gap, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh-uh, that's not right. Mr. Har will tell you that as well. Your culverts have to be together. Uh, they didn't use one 20-foot piece. They used uh, four or five-foot sections. And, you know, a culvert has to lock together. You know, it doesn't lock, but it fits together one end into the other. And so something happened when the guy set the culvert, and he didn't do it right. And so he came back out, and he fixed that. Or so we thought. Because that second truck comes angling in, goes right before the culvert, and all of a sudden... He start, he's backing in, and he, and he makes a little turn, and all of a sudden he goes. He was Chicano, but he turned white. And I was telling all the guys, I guarantee you he had to change his pants. Because that boy was scared. He's a young guy that had just started driving. I think this was his first scare. You know what I'm talking about? You, you ever have your, you know, when you started driving, you ever had your first scare? Man, this boy was scared. And I told him, hey, bro, it's all good. Calm down, man. It's all... Could you, he, he told me, could you please step away from now? I'm scared your truck's going to fall on you. I said, it ain't going to fall on me, bro. It's all good. <laughs> We're trying to look and figure it out. And the culvert leaned over. Like, it, if it's supposed to be flat, it just, it just completely stood up that last end. So the joyous part of that, you know, James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations is I've got six or five trucks lined up and you only have a certain amount of time before your concrete starts getting hard. And then they either dump it wherever they can or you pay for the truck. The trucks are a little pricey. So I'm sitting there and I can feel that ball right there that wants to say praying in tongues, right? <laughs> and just start tearing everything down. And, but I can't do that. And we have our pump set up probably where the, where the living room is from the road. And so what do we have to do? The guy couldn't get out. He tried to pull out and he couldn't. All that weight shifted in the truck and it's all leaning back sideways and back. And he couldn't get out. And so uh, the pump that you pay for, you pay per pipe. Like how much foot, footage do they have to go? Well, this is double and their guys were like, oh, what are you going to do? What are you, get another truck, pull him out. I said, hey. And the, right then, it just, all this happened in about two minutes, and the owner of the concrete company calls me. And I'm looking, I'm like, I pick up the phone. Hey, Tiffany. She says, uh, what's going on over there? I said, well, your driver's very scared, <laughs> and we're not. It's okay. Uh, she goes, okay, no other trucks are going over that driveway. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So we have to, I tell the guy with the, the guys with the pump, I said, hey, man, you got to move the pump. And his face turns white. And I'm like, 
you got to move the pump, bro. That's the only choice. That's all we got. The truck can't get out. We're not going to pull him out, and they're not going to let any more trucks back over. So they start scrambling, uh, and this guy was a clown. He was hilarious. Uh, uh, anyway, they, they move the pump back. We start dumping, and when we're done with that truck, he's able to pull out, but that now doubled our pump price. And all that time, I'm sitting there, and I had almost the same encounter that Raquel did, only we didn't talk about that at all until the end of the day. Uh, I'm running around, you know, helping and, and doing stuff and trying to line this out and keep the concrete company at peace and all that stuff. And, man, I'm sitting there, and I knew uh, there was all this around me that wanted me to react very, very differently. But I was, I actually, I, I could feel that thing in there kind of wanting to, that monster kind of wanting to come out, but not drastically, right? And I remember a verse came to mind that says that the kingdom of God is like righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And, and then all these things, all week I'd been, I'd been wanting to, uh, I want my mind, even though I know that I'm a, I'm a supernatural person in, in Christ, that's my nature, I want to know that consistently throughout my morning, noon, and night. Does that make sense? I mean, and in those moments, I remember that scripture, and I remembered some things that I was diving into a few months ago about activating the supernatural around me, but also within me. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, is, I, I know um, all of us face different things, right? And in the middle of all of those things, I'm pretty sure that sometimes we have a few moments where either our thinking or our reactions or they may not be the most supernatural response, right? Kind of like that time when we had an HCA event and John told me to go ask Zoe something. That sucker set me up. I got to pick on her a little bit. She had a supernatural response. <laughs> anyway, I'm joking. It was, it was funny. Um, this guy, this truck driver, I mean the concrete driver yesterday or day before, um, he was pretty scared. And I told him, I said, hey, bro, it's going to be good. We're going to unload you, and you're going to pull right out, man. I'm telling you, don't worry about it. And, um, you know, I didn't. As I was walking by the truck, hey, man, can you not walk by the truck? It's okay, bro. I'm walking by, and I said, man, angels, push this sucker out. Please get this thing out of here. Now, I didn't stop and, and you know, do the Holy Ghost dance and jig and, 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 and do any prophetic acts or anything. I didn't do all that. Uh, I could have, but I didn't. And sure enough, truck's unloaded. He pulls right out, no problem. So I was thinking, how do I activate my supernatural thinking consistently, constantly. How do I do that? And I, I, I came across some things that I wanted to share with you real quick. I'm, I'm not going to be long at all, but uh, in Romans chapter 14, are, are you there? Okay. Man, Father, I just thank you for your, your presence today, for the encounter so far, and for what's about to happen. 
My prayer is that as we read your word, that you would unlock deeper understanding and revelation in all of us. Start with me uh, so that we can step closer into the fuller identity and grasp the more that you want to give in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, Romans chapter 14 is one of these, pa- one of these chapters that in our, religious, uh, or in, our, in our religiousness in the past, many, many people in many churches have used this as a way or a means of legalism that they don't realize it. And why? It's because he gets into talking about food and drink. Um, he makes a statement in here. He says the kingdom of God is not about food and drink, and it's not. Now there are some um, there's some uh, aspects of those types of discussions that we are actually trying to dive into and understand um, as far as our church leadership uh, goes. Like you know, we're as a church, um, as as pastors and leaders. Uh, we're never going to tell you what you can and can't do with your own life. We used to. <laughs> the religious way, that's what it is. The, 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 the church culture sets up all these rules and regulations, and, and actually, um, we can't do that. Uh, but yet, we did it for a long time, and people do it all the time. Um, and I've talked before uh, about some of these. I've touched on some of these things. Uh, you know, tattoos was a big deal, right? For so many years, if you got a tattoo, you're going to hell. <laughs> oh, sinner, right? And they took one verse out of, out of Exodus that dealt with something that happened, you know, 5,000 years ago, uh, 4,000 years ago. And anyway, it, it just, tattoos, earrings is another thing, Right? Guys wearing earrings, I should say. Or better yet, when you ladies wear them big, massive, honking ones, and you, you know, the scripture says that, oh, that's just you wanting everybody to look at you. That's what church culture dic- starts to dictate and tell. Um, God forbid y'all wear jeans. Oh, my goodness. You remember that one? <laughs> uh, makeup. Are you serious? Uh, and then we get into the, the real dangerous one, right, where we start talking about drinking. For some reason, drinking is the, that's uh, uh, like the, the, the ace of spades, man. You throw that, right? Um, or, or cussing, that's a big one in our, in our tribe now, in our, in our stream, right? Is uh, Some people joke about the cussing prophets. You know, there's, we've got friends, they're very close friends, and they, they will throw down some words and some language, and, you know, I don't judge anybody for that, I, I, not anymore. Um, am I going to do it? Absolutely not, unless it's some, I get out of my supernatural thinking, I guess, I don't know. But I want to say this because the reason for me um, is because of what my life was before I became a son, before I realized I was a son. That's all my life, my upbringing was, is full of, that's, the guys were asking me, uh, uh, our concrete guy, Kevin and I have been using Umberto for, I don't know, 10, 12 years maybe, Kevin, all kinds of stuff, and uh, we know his sons and, 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 and his brother, and they're his kids, but, you know, he has other guys on the crew over 12 years, and someone we don't know, and I get the same question all the time, hey, 
¿Dónde eres? What do you mean, where am I from? 100% bolillo aquí de Houston, vato. And they start to tell him, I'm a 100% white boy from right here in Houston, man. And he starts, you know, they all start laughing. And they go, ah, yeah, yeah. no, really, where are you from, man? I'm right here. I tell them all, I tell them all that, uh, you know where the Tia Pancha is? And everybody almost, they all know the Tia Pancha. If you're, if you're Hispanic uh, in Houston, anywhere around Houston, you know the Tia Pancha. It's a big, nasty flea market over on Airline Drive, and that's right where Kevin and I grew up. That's where our farm, our family farm was and all that. And anyway, so we get in that conversation, and he, uh, a couple of them yesterday were asking me again, how did you learn Spanish? That's the next. After they find out where I'm from, the second thing is, well, how did you learn Spanish? Ah, oh, escuela, right? You went to school. It's no. Man, I was seven years old out on the farm. We had 12 guys from Mexico that worked on the farm, and I learned all the bad words. All the bad words and every vulgar thing you can say in Spanish, I learned it. Alicia speaks in Spanish. You, am I right? It's the first thing you learn is a bad word. First thing. My grandparents, mine and Kevin's uh, uh, great-grandparents, actually, on our mom's mom's side, they came from Italy in a banana boat when they were like seven or something. So they speak Italian. And so I learned all the bad things in Italian. I could cuss you in English, Spanish, Italian. I could bring it back around, you know, and tie in some other stuff. And it was what my grandfather thought was the way life was supposed to be. So um, I know that for me, being that way doesn't, that I don't feel connected to my father because of how that was for me. And I I'd also... I didn't want to have to explain to my kids and my children, well, I do this, but you don't, and, and, and explain some of these things. Well, what is that? And why, you know, um, does that make sense? Yeah. The drinking for me is the same thing. I don't judge anybody that drinks, but I'm not going to do it. I, I never want to get in a place or a position where I, my, my mind or my thinking is not me or not mine. I, I never want to be in that place. Um, I, Larry and Mary know where Raquel and I grew up over there and you understand completely why I don't want to walk down airline drive a little buzzed or I got to go to the store and man we used to mow the grass I used to mow the grass at Tina Lane uh, there before we moved with my 380 in my back pocket you know can you imagine I mean so it's another one of those things where it's a controversy for some people right so we're trying to figure some of those things out uh, for our own aspect of our leadership and how, you know, what are we going to do about that? Because you can't, I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't hire, you know, we wouldn't put someone on our leadership that was a member of the KKK, would we? I mean, that would be, that would be stupid, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Or, or. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So there, there are certain things that we need to dive into. And I said all of that. I'm sorry, I rabbit trailed a little. I said all of that to get right here in Romans 14. There's a, there's a, that, that's what this chapter is about. And the only reason that Paul is grabbing food and drink in this passage is because of who he's speaking to and the time. Let me, let me encourage you one other thing. For those of y'all uh, that are in first year with Dub. 
uh, you'll, you'll get to this where he talks about placement of Scripture and, and um, uh, the letters, you know, how and why they were being written to who. Chris Valentin actually just talked a lot about this the other day on one of his podcasts. You know, he's writing to the believers in the city of Rome, right? And it, Rome was um, um, not, not the city, but the culture of the Romans is what he was trying to get to address. Because we want to reach people, not divide them. Amen? So he was laying out some conversation so that the, the Jewish Romans that were giving their life to Christ would understand Hey, listen, man, these people, they're, they're, coming, they're, they're, they're learning, right? Don't crucify them. Don't kill them because, you know, they haven't quit drinking yet or whatever. And he, and he gets into that. But there's, a, there's two, two, uh, two sections of Scripture that I want to focus in on real quick. And so um, go back and, and read all this. It's very, very interesting how he correlates all this in. And remember, he just came out of... Romans 13, where he's, oh, no man, nothing but to love him, <laughs> right? And then he gets right here, talking about not, you know, uh, all, uh, accept one who is weak in faith, and he, gets, he breaks it all down, but that's not the main point. Jump down to verse 7. Uh, in the New American Standard, he says, um, for not one of us lives for himself, and not one of us dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord of the living and the dead. Let me read it out of the Passion. Um, man, I feel like I can't see this morning. Um, he says, no one lives to himself and no one dies to himself. While we live, we must live for our master. And in death, we must bring honor to him. So dead or alive, we belong to our master. For this very reason, the anointed one died and he brought back to life again uh, and, and was brought back to life again so that he would become the Lord God over the dead and the living. Amen. So whether you live or die, you're his. Does that make sense? A lot of us already know that, and we live that way. Oh, man, I I'm, I'm belong to Jesus. We used to say, I belong to Jesus. That's why I ain't getting no tattoo, right? <laughs> I'm a son. I ain't getting no tattoo. Um, so then um, where'd it go? My highlights went off. What in the world? Okay, gotcha. So he goes in. Um, he goes in and he starts breaking down some of that for the people, and he's talking about not not judging people. That's what he's talking about. Not having contempt for other people, right? Um, you know what? I forgot to preface this with something. Why am I going here? Um, really, because you'll see in just a second about activating and unlocking uh, the supernatural way of thinking. That's, that's my goal with this. But why am, why am I doing this, saying this today, is because I, I had a thought this week um, that uh, was, Chris, you're going to face some serious 
serious things coming ahead. Not so much just as a man, but as a pastor, as leaders of, of a community of believers, but also as a citizen of the United States of America. Um, there are, uh, man, there's some crazy stuff going on in, in our country, and this isn't political. There's crazy stuff going on in our world, right? Um, this whole thing with whether you're going to take the shot or not. There's people in this room right now that have to decide that for their livelihood. What are you going to do? Well, I, don't, I can't answer that for each person individual, but I guarantee you, you need a supernatural way of thinking. So if, if that's not, it's flowing in all of us. What I mean is activating it to a higher function, to a higher level. Does that make sense? I mean, here they're having to, they're having to deal with what to eat and what to drink. Well, this people are vegetarians, and this people, they're meat eaters. And the vegetarian thinks the meat eater is a punk. He don't really love Jesus. But over here, the vegetarian, you know what I mean? It just, that's what he gets into in this passage. Um, there's, there's so many things that you and I are going to have to face in our very, very, very near future that we have no options, I believe, except have a supernatural mindset so that's why that's why this kind of stuck me this week and number one it's to know that whether I live or die I'm the Lord's I must know my identity as a son I must know my identity as a daughter as as part of the family of core church right as part of the family of wherever you're living in your community right whether I live or die no matter what happens to me I um I am the Lord. So jump down. Uh, he goes on to talk to some of this. Don't, don't judge. Um, he's convinced that, uh, uh, what does he say in verse 14? I know, I, know and, and, I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing in, oh my goodness, that nothing is unclean in itself, but one who thinks something is unclean to that person, it is unclean. He goes on to talk about food and all that. And he says, um, verse 16, New American Standard, Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the one who serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and approved by others. So, let me read it over here in uh, the Passion. Uh, where'd he go? So, don't give people opportunity to slander what you know to be good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules or about food and drink, but is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. Uh, serving the anointed one by walking in these kingdom realities pleases God and earns the respect of others. You know, um, at our company, um, there's a for, a, for a long time now, I've not been out with the guys in the morning when they load up. I haven't been able, I've just been so slammed with all kinds of stuff. And um, one thing that has always been a major, major thing for Raquel and I 
is that we take care of our people, uh, employees and subcontractors. Um, you know, I installed for seven years, uh, and I've done everything you can imagine with tile, a uh, little bit of carpet, a little more, more wood, uh, and, and I know what those guys go through. I know what it is to sit there and try to nail tack strip in on a, you know, 700 square yard in a uh, 700 yard install where the concrete is like nasty and man you wears you out right or better yet carrying a 12 by 20 piece of carpet up three flights of stairs <laughs> and not trying to scratch the walls or damage the sheetrock because these crazy people bought this really good carpet with this special backing and it's like a grid back there and so when you turn the corner it catches the wall and <laughs> scrapes I know what that's like. I used to come home and uh, Raquel and the ki- Raquel and maybe mainly Rachel would look at my hands and my fingers. They were just so tore up from grouting. In the very beginning, it was it was horrible. I, I, every every bit of my skin on my hands. I, I know what it is to lug the tools in and out of the truck at midnight because you had to finish that job that day. I I, I know what these guys go through. One of the worst is sitting in a. Uh, a second story bathroom with no windows, a tub, you know, and you're sitting in the tub that someone used the bathroom in that you had to clean out. And you're sitting in that tub, starting your first line of the tile on the tub wall. And it's middle of July, but you can't see. So you got to have a halogen light there because, you know, 20 years ago, that's all we had. And it's 500 watts. And, you know, man, I knew guys that would do that in their underwear because it's just pouring sweat. So you're there, you take your shirt off. I, I know what that's like. And so um, I have a little bit of an edge when I talk to my guys or our crews. I just, they know that I know what they're going through. And even though I don't handle schedule anymore, I don't handle the pay and all that, they all know that, um, that they can talk to me and I'll get it where maybe some other guys won't. But the other day I realized we have a lot of new people. We have over 30 employees now. And there was someone that I saw walking in, and, and it's right in the middle. I, I've seen this happen with this person three different times. And, and they'll walk right through the middle of everybody out there. And as they walk in, this is what they do. Never, hey, good morning. How you doing? Now, somebody might say, well, they're, they're introvert maybe or something like that. Well, no, actually, because anytime there's anybody else, like if we're having a big meeting or we have new people or clients come through, oh, hello, how you doing? I'm so-and-so. Very nice to meet you. Now, I will guarantee you that every one of those installers, when that person walks through, they're thinking this guy is stuck up. Este bolillo no quiere buscar nosotros. This white guy don't want to look at us. They automatically are going to go there because there's no acknowledgement of this person as a person. Does that make sense? And we made it, we never wanted to be that way. Like we don't even want someone that represents us to be that way. And so... The reason is because these are people. And if they don't do the best they can do, then we don't have jobs. 
Does that, that make sense? And my point is, is that we've got to think about other people in all aspects. Does this make sense? I know I kind of, I kind of rabbit trail just a bit there, but this, like this person's a believer as well. They just don't know. That's really what it is. It's a piece of them that they don't see and understand. But one thing I know for myself that, that I've, I've just always had a knack at is getting in there on those levels no matter what it is. I've been in rooms and had meetings and discussions with multi-billionaires. And I can talk to the helper that's brand new on the concrete crew uh, that's making whatever. He's the low man on the totem pole, you know. I mean, I even connect real good. We had a guy one time that somebody brought in on another crew. We're out there tiling. This is like 15 years ago. And they said he was a, a, man, I hope this isn't a bad word, but they said he's a chunto. Is that a bad word? It is? Oh, sorry. You don't know. Anyway, (laughs) uh, uh, it's like a, so we've always said that is that's the guy. He's just a little out of the woods he lives on a little farm that's that's the way they always described it to me so I guess it's a little bad I apologize we'll tell him to cut that out anyway but they all kept the Pedro brought this guy and they all went down to the store I was bringing lunch that day we were bringing a bunch of Popeyes and I ran down and I come back and they had all went to the store to get drinks because I told them hey man I'll, I'll bring all I'll bring chicken and all this stuff but go get some cokes or something so they all go down to the store and this guy is brand new to the U.S. And he's one of those. He's, he's way from the mountains. He, they were like, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he doesn't know a lot. But they go to the store, and they all come back, and he takes his plastic bag, and he sets it out. And he bought a can of Crisco, like this big, like the big one. Big old bag, big old can of Crisco, right? And as he's getting there, we're all passing stuff out, and he opens it up and pulls the metal lid and he looks and he just puts it back and he sets it down on the side. And he just kind of sits there. They start passing stuff and Pedro was his, knew his dad or something. He says, hey, what are you doing? What, you going to eat that or what? And he says, uh, no, it's okay. And he says, hey, man, what did you, why'd you buy that? And he goes, well, it's okay. And Pedro is kind of pushy. He says, no, why did you buy that? And so he answers him. He says, well, it's the United States, and it's got chicken on the front, so I thought it was canned chicken. That's what he thought. And um, even that guy I've been able to connect with. Everybody laughed at him. They were, and I was like, hey, man, you're not laughing at this guy, man. He doesn't know. And, they, man, they gave him a hard time for like a month. It's so bad, man. I mean, they just... I mean, a month. hey, did you bring your uh, manteca? Did you bring your manteca today? <laughs> your, your lard. Every day. It was so bad, man. Um, but even that guy, I've, I've been able, like, I connect with guys like that. All because of the job. And in those moments, I have to think, okay, what's the supernatural way of thinking? It doesn't matter that he doesn't know any better. It doesn't matter that... Um, they cuss all the time, or they, there used to be a radio station, this 
just a, the guys would all listen to Pepito and all this. And yeah, and it just bad stuff on there, man. Just, but I never went and got the radio and just, you know, turn the radio. You know, I, I never did that. I'd go work in another room and, or whatever. And we, what I realized the other day is the Lord was showing me that that's the kind of thing I need more of in you talking to me. I need, I need you to expand on that. And I need you to be more in that way of thinking, that supernatural thinking, because don't judge, don't judge my people. I don't know how we're going to get through. I don't know how I'm going to get through some of those things, except with a supernatural way of thinking. When this stuff comes up, vax or no vax, you know, now there's that big joke um, uh, about Karen, right? That's a big thing now. If uh, I don't know what they call a guy. I don't know what, what they call a guy, but yeah, like if, if somebody's acting, you know, I would say ignorant, I guess, on some things and causing a scene, they call him a Karen. Uh, vax or no vax, or, or better yet, how about the other one? Donald Trump, 2024. Oh, man. We're going to have a lot of stuff come up about that, right? I'm already hearing it from work. I, I don't know why they, they think I'm a, uh, there's a couple of guys that think that I'm like a Donald Trump all the way, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a libertarian, man. I'm, I think there's stuff wrong with both of y'all. That's what I tell them. <laughs> So what is it going to come down to with the things we face here in the future? Whether it's the way you walk in to your job and the cleaning lady is right there. Or to the guy that's almost drunk out of his mind, he might not remember what you said in the first place. Or to the, the guy that set the culverts on your house that cost you some extra money. It's going to come down to us having the heart of the Father and the supernatural mindset if we're going to really change the world around us. Because the things that are about to take place in our country and in our world, we're going to get the spotlight. And I believe we're going to get the spotlight because we actually have the solutions. The solutions that we have, they actually come because we have the mind of Christ, which we're connected with the heavenly realm. With, we have access to all aspects of the Father. And we have solutions, amen? Only one person agrees with me, okay. <laughs> Let me read you this one more time. Verse 16, um, where'd you go? Or, I'm sorry, um, uh, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules and food and drink, but is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, peace, and joy, Serving the anointed one by walking in the kingdom realities pleases God and earns the respect of others. It, what the Aramaic actually talks about is not that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and Holy Spirit, but that's what the realm of the, super, of, of the Heavenly Father looks like. It looks like righteousness. It looks 
like peace. It looks like joy. So what does that mean? In my supernatural reality, do I have joy in this way of thinking? In doing this kind of thing here, does it bring me joy? Do I have righteousness? Do I have peace? We've got to begin to look in our solutions and in our way of walking. Are we bringing those three things? Are they in our life? Those aren't the, the, the absolute ultimate lists, right? But do we have them? Well, I'm going to make this decision to do this. Okay, hey, is there righteousness? Is there joy? Is there peace in that? Because if there is, then that's what the heavenly realm looks like. Does this make sense? Are you all with me? Yeah? Cool. Well, let me, oh my God, it's 1230. My goodness, man, Luby's is going to close. Sorry. But look at verse 19. In verse 19, he says, So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. That's pretty powerful. Amen? In the passion, let me try to find it. There we go. So then we make it our top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. In the Passion of verse 20, he goes on, stop ruining the work of God by insisting on your own opinions about food. That's a pretty, um, that's a pretty punch in the face kind of thing there. I want to end real quick with um, Ephesians chapter 1. It is one that you know extremely well. Just a reminder. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Uh, In the Passion, it reads, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father. The Father, our Lord Jesus, or the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. And this is why we celebrate him with our hearts. So, what does it take to unlock the supernatural mindset? We just read about putting others first, which we all kind of know that. I think we've all done that. Because, well, I say we all. I don't mean it that way. I think a lot of people do that. They put others, try to put others first because they think, oh, that's the right thing to do. That's what Jesus did, right? Like almost like it's another list. Oh, I, I, I tried to put others first today. When the reality is that we put others first because that's a supernatural realm, that we walk in. Does that make sense? Another is uh, living and looking for righteousness, peace, and joy. Where are those things at? And whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm thinking, whatever I'm trying to do, because those things are what the kingdom of God looks like. Amen? He also said about pursuing 
the uh, lifting up of others. We all know that. We all love to prophesy. And we all, man, we beat that in the, with a nail, right? Oh, it's always encouraging and uplifting and building up. We know all that, right? But, you know, that's not just when you prophesy. <laughs> it's supposed to be in every interaction that we have. Hey, culvert guy. Do you know that you put the culvert in wrong? And you know you need to get over here and fix it the next day because I've already got all the concrete for the rest of the pour on schedule. And we can't do it if you don't fix the culvert. So he did come fix it, and he put it in slightly wrong. He shifted it all over, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing we could do about it. There's absolutely nothing we can do. The concrete was already there. They got the end cap interns formed up, and Umberto says, Hey, Chris, the culvert is shifted over about eight inches. And then here comes the first concrete truck. Oh, well. We have a unique driveway now. <laughs> but how, how I responded was, you know, I think back in my religious state, I would have wanted to, never mind. Yeah, I would have wanted to, anyway. But man, we can't do that stuff. We got to put others first. Supernatural realities happen when we think that way. And we must remember that we've been given every spiritual blessing. Amen? And let's begin to unlock those things with whatever we face next. Because there's some, there's some big stuff coming our way. Amen? Y'all staying with me? I'm sorry. I went longer than I wanted to. I think I got to telling a story. And um, sorry. John was looking at me so intently. Um. I've said this before about unlocking the supernatural realities uh, and the supernatural way of thinking. Uh, Dan McCollum says that one of the number one things you can do is pray in tongues. And if you have not stepped into that yet, it's okay. It's no pressure. But we'd love to help you with that and understanding if you need that. But, man, it's so cool to just begin to unlock that way of thinking. But... Um, would you mind, uh, you don't have to, but would you mind just holding your hand out like if you're going to, like you're receiving something, yes? And uh, Father, I just thank you um, for this amazing group of people. We talk about that all the time, about how awesome they are. But Father, today uh, we all uh, are in this position of receiving because we want more unlocked in our thinking and in our living, Father, that we would continue to pursue uh, not just you, but the aspect of you that is the supernatural way of thinking. I pray today in the name of Jesus that right here, this is just a prophetic act of, of extending our hand out to receive from you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would begin right now to unlock um, things that might have been trapped from our past, things that might have been uh, kind of covered or hidden up. I pray for a release on those things so that righteousness, peace, and joy, that supernatural way of thinking would be released in another level, in another depth 
of how we think and how we respond and how we act so that we can bring the solutions to a world that wants to hear them, all because of how we treat them. Father, you are so good. Holy Spirit, you're such an amazing hard worker. You work on us like crazy. It's so cool. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, we would instantly begin to think differently, that our, 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 our thinking would be elevated to a deeper uh, position with you, a deeper understanding of the heavenly realm. And I thank you for what you're about to do. And I, I pray for the, the people that are going to be um, in certain positions, almost like the limelight, almost like there's... Uh, some of you that are going to be in maybe a position of authority or something, um, that um, something of the limelight. You know, some of us will affect the individual and, and in different situations, but I feel like there's some here that are going to uh, be put in some higher position uh, to affect something at a, at a higher level, something that's more noticeable. I think that's a better way to to word that, you know. Uh, so, Father, I pray that if those things begin to take place, uh, that there would uh, be wisdom along with supernatural thinking that would uh, give the people an, op uh, an opportunity and the proper words uh, to set things in motion and to bring solutions to people that want to hear them, Father. And I thank you. Uh, I just pray for just, man... Just an outpouring of wisdom and, and a change in our thinking, Father. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, man, God bless you, everybody. Uh, we love you. If you need prayer for anything at all, please come up and see us. And, uh, man, we love y'all very much. God bless you all.